fellas, you know if you want to be your cleanest, you'll want to be a freshest, you'll want to smell your best, well then you got to take care of the parts of you that you want taken care of. That's right, you got to get Manscaped. You got to get yourself that lawnmower 3.0. It's a trimmer that's not going to have you with any nicks, any of those cuts, any of those ouch kind of moments. I can personally vouch for that. It is incredible at what it allows you to do with all the technology built in, little LED light, light, all that skin safe technology that keeps you bad boys nice and smooth. But it's not just that. You can get all kinds of other stuff that's going to make you feel your best. You get shower gel, you can get yourself a little bit of deodorant that is absolutely proven to decrease chafing. Get yourself just some spritzes so that you smell nice and I promise you the most comfortable pair of boxers you have ever worn in your life. You get all this for 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code DNVR20 at manscaped.com. Go in the air, deep right center field. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two run, home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Hey, welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering, it was for me, Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is our guy, beat writer Patrick Lyons. We have got a lot to discuss today as Bud Black had a near 35 minute session with the media on zoom we talked about a lot of stuff on the field we talked about a lot of stuff off the field it's going to give us a chance to talk about some pitching strategy some hitting strategy one of my most favorite things some roster strategy that may be what we spend most of our time on today but Patrick, as is sadly uh, the case these days and and may sort of just have to be an everyday thing we've got to start with the latest in what's going on with COVID, um, more people, you know, testing positive, more teams having issues. Uh, so what can you tell us about what's been going on there? Well, as ambitious as MLB's health and safety protocols were uh, when they came out and, and players were ultimately forced to agree with that a couple weeks ago, there were a couple, you know, loopholes. There were a couple things that, you know, weren't exactly covered. And we're starting to see that pile up right now as there have been a, a handful of teams that have already been behind the eight ball um, and missed you know practices and missed summer camps for a few days already we've seen players being pulled off the field that happened with the Giants on Tuesday where they had to stop their practice because the testing results you know didn't quite come back and we're hearing from players uh, like you know Sean Doolittle Chris Bryant Anthony Rizzo talking about the simple fact that they've gone in for a test one day and it's been multiple days until they've gotten their results back and multiple days until they've gotten their second test and that obviously that gray area or that time frame in between those tests are exactly when somebody could contract COVID-19, pass it to their teammates and next thing you know an entire team needs to shut down their facilities, much like FC Dallas had to do of the MLS last week. Which play, was it Doolittle? I'm trying to say so many guys have, uh, I, I think in really a great sign of unity among the players and just of responsibility and leadership from that community, just Major League Baseball players. There have been a lot of guys who have come out and talked about it. I think it was Doolittle, um, you know, who said, I, I know he was the one who said the thing about baseball being sort of the the privilege of a functioning society right i i really appreciated that sign uh that that but that, you know there's a larger argument and debate to be had there i think his other thing was like you know we all understand that sometimes in life there are going to be stumbles things aren't going to be perfect there's going to be an explanation for why 
the test couldn't get there in time. The trucks were late. The trucks were delayed. Weather happens. There's all kinds of reasons. But it's like, but this is life and death stuff. It's not enough just to say, well, we have a good explanation for why these protocols weren't followed. That's that's not good enough. As much as we all understand, especially in the world of baseball, you know, perfection is is an imperfect ideal we strive for. Um, in this case, you just have to get it right. Yeah, that's the whole point of this is if done right, that MLB and, and hopefully NBA and, and, and the NHL will, will follow in their wake that if you do things right, you can ensure the safety of everybody involved in something um, so that not only decreases an outbreak, but it also sends a message to the rest of our country. It sends a message to the world too, but it sends a message to Americans that, look, if you follow certain procedures and if you're careful and you're not selfish – uh, and you're not out celebrating at a 4th of July party, which we saw former Padres player and current Cleveland outfielder Fran Mel Reyes. He's been sidelined for a few days because he wanted to celebrate Independence Day. Good for you, but now because of that, uh, he is not participating in any of the Cleveland summer camp. Um, and that now leaves his team at, at a somewhat significant disadvantage. So if MLB can do this correctly then the message is sent to America, look, follow these rules, follow this guideline, and all will be well. But if you can't do that, well, then we're back to square one where we started in the first place. And why did you put the players at this risk in the first place then, if you couldn't do it properly? Yeah. Uh, Bud Black had two different elements of this conversation today put in front of him. I thought he handled both very well, though there is a little bit of difficulty in the first thing he said, which was essentially, and you do want to know this too, that they, the Rockies, do not feel as though um, any of the protocols have not been met. He was asked very directly by Kyle Newman of the Denver Post, how many times have you been tested and have those test results come back in 48 hours? He said twice, you know, in the four days, and yes. And so... And, and intimated that he understood that that was the case for everyone that he had spoken to on the club and that has been standard. Um, I do think the Rockies are at a little bit of an advantage there with the uh, you know, facility being located in Utah, and I can't claim to know exactly how any of this works. I really can't. Um, we don't know. But as you said, I mean, just with something this big, it's always going to be natural. Some people weren't going to have, you know, a... A perfect go of it and so there is some sort of danger in saying well we've had it fine but that's also all that they can report on there this is just what they do this is how baseball teams are they're very isolated they don't feel comfortable speaking on behalf of other clubs he's going to let those managers and gms do that um, so until the rockies have a specific issue you know there's only so much you're going to hear from bud black on that part of it yeah, and, and again, we know there was a it was a holiday weekend, you know, with with the Fourth of July, but you knew that in April, and in May, and June, and in early June when you decided, and by you I mean MLB and the owners, when you decided, yeah, we're only going to give them sixty games, and here's when it's going to start, here's when it's going to happen. You would have seen very clearly on your calendar that there's going to be potential issues with sending tests in and out and however that's done so there there just can be no excuses it just it has to be done perfectly or as close to it as possible and it very clearly seems like that's not the case so again yeah rockies are at an advantage with with the facility being in utah they may need to get one somewhere in and around the chicago area right for the central division and then again one station in philadelphia new york for the east so that again it can kind of expedite this process and if they need to even put one down in the southeast where it's just for atlanta miami and tampa bay then so be it like sure. that's all a part of of keeping the players safe so you know whether special exemptions are, are made for for certain teams in certain locations it doesn't matter you know the nba is spending you know 1.5 million dollars every day to operate out of orlando and they are not doing that if they didn't think that they weren't going to get their money back and if they 
you know, thought, oh, you know, a couple players are going to make poor choices and this whole thing's going to, you know, start crumbling. No, they're doing that again because they think there's going to be a return on their investment if they can get their ducks in a row. And so MLB has to be in a very similar situation and they have to have these details worked out so that they don't lose any more money, uh, which trickles down to the players losing a lot of money and you know, some fans losing money, too, on season tickets. And, and again, us not, not having these sports to um, not just be a distraction because, again, it's been said numerous times, maybe we don't deserve distractions right now. Maybe we really do need to focus on our actions and our, and our thoughts uh, on, in an everyday capacity. Um, but we would need this, I think, as a careful reminder of how to do life, right? How right. do you navigate in this world? Because this world's going to be around for... 18 more months? I don't know. And again, it'll evolve over time, but we need to learn how to navigate it. And MLB is doing a good job in trying to navigate, at least the players on the field. But that's what we're talking about right now, Drew, right? Is this idea of, well, you can't put players on the field for them to show proper health and safety protocols. You can't put them on the field if the testing isn't there. And that's that front line right there. Uh, for keeping players safe, that has just not been there for MLB right now, and they they simply have to do better. One hundred percent. As another part of that, but putting aside now, teams' ability to get the tests they need and to follow the protocols through no fault of their own potentially, and focusing on what we might call the Fran Reyes issue, the 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 Rudy Gobert problem of not taking it seriously enough. I was, and I'm going to, I haven't even begun to write this um, because it, it just happened this morning. I'm kind of outlined. I'm, I'm going to write on this as well. I'm going to totally give away the article. Don't care. Uh, because I loved this so much. Um, I was blown away by something, and, and I'm sure you'll, you'll probably find a similar article written in the Denver Post by Patrick Saunders because he asked the question. And it was this quote from Trevor's story. The team that stays the healthiest might just be the team that wins this thing. And there's a negative spin you could choose to take on this, and I 100% compel you not to do so, to take this like idea of, like, oh, we've survived a thing that's very serious, better than other people, therefore we're the winners. No, what's clearly being done here, and, and Bud Black had uh, further comments to say that the players have been incredibly passionate about this, that it's been a main theme, that they have to stay incredibly diligent about their health. I actually think that this is an extraordinary example for the game of baseball, really for all of us. The, the Colorado Rockies have turned their natural competitive instinct and desire into a competition about who can social distance the best, who can wash their hands the most, who can make sure that they're always wearing their mask when they need to, because they're not going to be the team that loses key players because they slipped up. Some stuff you can't control. If it's because the league slipped up, if it's because it just happens, whatever. But it's not going to be because somebody went to a party. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, it's, you know, I say this in my, my everyday life a lot. <laughs> and uh, I think I've even, I've said it on here uh, before on our podcasts. If you do the little things well, the big things take care of themselves. And of course, every organization strives for that when it comes to scouting and then drafting players and then developing them and then giving players opportunities to, to prove it on a major league level, right? Those are, and there's little things even beyond that too, as far as, you know, nutrition and, and various regimen and workouts, things of that nature. If you do the little things well, the big things will take care of themselves. And so that's what the Rockies are doing right now. You know, we, we've talked about it on previous podcasts, this idea that, you know, they've got hand sanitizers everywhere for players. You see them wearing masks. They are not going out and, and, and having those celebrations, you know, with friends and family. You know, for all intents and purposes, their friends and family are all gathering at Coors Field each and every day. And those are the only, you know, people that they are going to, you know, be around during this time. And so in just doing that, that's going to give the team the best chance to not only just stay healthy, but, 
you know, stay on the field and again, be just these positive role models. So, right. It's, it's not about, Hey, you know, who has the least COVID cases because the Rockies could do everything possible to stave off, you know, this infection or catching this disease. And it could, it could still, you know, rear its nasty head, but there's a very good chance that if they do those little things, they're going to be fine and they're going to be more likely to win games because they're not going to have players out. So they're not going to be using secondary players that are, you know, AAA caliber. And they're going to win more games because the other teams, they might not have some of their best players because they didn't do those little things well. Yeah. Well, Patrick, I think it's about time to get back out onto the field. We've, we've had a, a long conversation. And again, we'll have to continue to have these conversations as we go through this because it's just part of it. There's, there's, it's very difficult now to separate actually this being a totally off the field issue. Like you said, hopefully, you know, it, it will be an off the field issue if as much as it can be, if everyone takes care of themselves, if everyone does what they need to do out there and Ouroboros digging on your philosophy there. So you, you gotta love that. I'll tell you a part of my personal philosophy, and that is when we're gonna get on the field to talk about baseball, it's time to crack open a Breck brew. That's just how it goes. That's what you do at this time. You grab a Mile High City copper lager. If you've got any left, I don't. <laughs> I just, I, I think I had like six while watching Hamilton. Uh, but <laughs> so it's not only a great beer while watching a summer baseball game, which we're gonna be able to do here very very soon but also as i have recently discovered while watching it it's actually it's not a musical technically i believe it's an opera about the founding of the united states of america so can confirm it's a versatile beer if you're not sure about it get yourself the 15 can sampler pack from breck brew you get it delivered to you from davidson's they've also got curbside pickup they can hook you up uh, from that local king supers uh, anywhere you've got there's almost certainly somewhere in your neighborhood that's carrying Breck Brew, that Davidson's can pick it up and deliver it to you, but you can also get it there from their situation as well. So, uh, oh, and the farmhouse. Cannot forget about the farmhouse. I would be <laughs> remiss. I would, <laughs> I would feel uh, like I was waking up in the morning to that noise and very confused because that is not my usual situation. Gotta give a shout out to our friends at the farmhouse because you know the food is delicious and if you order from them you use the code dnvr and you get five bucks off the food and the drink so patrick as we get onto the field here uh there were a couple of interesting things that i want to talk about before we get to the roster just little bits of news and notes from bud black's uh morning presser he did talk about uh, the pitchers being ahead of the hitters, which is something we've discussed a little bit before, how the hitters haven't seen live BP in a little while, and some of the Rockies pitchers are out there blowing guys away. That said, he did make note that John Gray looked particularly good, uh, blew up Trevor Story's bat, uh, kind of got David Dahl looking, I don't, I don't know, foolish is what I'm going to say. We're going to have David on the podcast here pretty soon, but... <laughs> Uh, John, John was, was throwing some good stuff out there, and that's a good sign for the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, especially this early in spring training, too. You, you, you like to, to know that these guys are already kind of operating and um, close to midseason form a, as they can. Obviously, that's not going to be the case for everybody. But it's nice to see that in, in a couple glimpses, right, of what John Gray is doing. Uh, we know Herman Marquez brushed back Nolan Arenado, so he's he's not quite all there yet, and, and I'm sure that's the case for Gray. But the moments that we have seen him on the field is is been fantastic. So again, it's it's really interesting seeing those matchups because it doesn't really happen too much uh, normally. Um, you know, in the, in the early stages of spring training before they have games, it's it's not very long. It's it's probably only about 10, 15 days tops where they're just having general practices and then they're going into into the game. So to be able to see video of that, you know, we've we've been providing that here at uh, DNVR Rockies, and it, it's cool seeing those two guys against each other because you almost hope they never have to in real life right. because that means one of them is no longer in purple. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, that's pretty neat, especially with, with Story and Gray 
coming up on free agency after the 2021 season, you know, this might be really one of the only times we're able to see those two guys go head-to-head. So it's really great to see that that Gray's kind of shaping up uh, as you thought he would be. And maybe this shortened season, you know, makes him a candidate to really be a major breakout. We know 20, uh, at the end of 2018, you know, he had lost some weight, uh, as a lot of the players do, over the grind of 162 games. He came back strong in, in 2019, changed up a lot of his nutrition. Uh, that seemed to serve him really well. And now with, you know, a 60-game season, he just has to, you know, keep it all in, in order for over the course of two months. And, wow, for, for it to be really focused and honed in on for such a short amount of time, we really could be seeing uh, John Gray step up to a whole other level this season. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I've, I've got a feeling in my gut that, that John's going to have a pretty good year. Uh, one of the things you were just discussing, sort of the nature of these workouts, practices, scrimmages, batting practice, thingamajigs that they're doing out there. <clears throat> Bud Black was asked about some of the structure of that, literally the structure of that, that L screen the Rockies have had out there for a while. As we all know, we, we had talked about the Masahiro Tanaka thing. You know, the Rockies kind of eased into it, but Bud Black was asked about that, said that by probably tomorrow, we will see them take away that L screen and start to put some infielders out there. So it's starting to look more and more like actual baseball out on the diamond at Coors Field. Yeah, it's it's still strange. I mean, you know, pitchers yeah. <laughs> obviously have to field their position in a real game, uh, which, again, you, it, it, if you, when you simplify things like that, you're like, okay, well, they got to, you know, when they're doing it in practice and you have a player, you know, take a line drive off the head like Tanaka did, you go, well, what can you do to avoid that? And what can you do to avoid that in the regular season? And you just go, oh, nothing. When, again, we, we've discussed it ad nauseum. Go back and listen to our podcast from uh, Monday where we talk about, you know, the protective headgears uh, for pitchers to be able to wear. So, you know, it, it's going to happen for, for all teams where, look, you got to, you know, uh, defend your position ultimately. and you got to get your hands up, and it's easier said than done. But if you're pitching behind an L screen, sure, your defense might might end up suffer, suffering. You know, you don't get in that, that defensive position that, you know, you saw anytime you go out and watch a Greg Maddox start, you saw him get into that defensive position. It's one of the reasons why he won 16 gold gloves in a row and 18 in total for his career because he not only was a pitcher, but he was a defender. And he was able to, you know, not only field his position, but defend himself when now. line drives came back up through the box. 100%. Uh, Matt, we did yesterday, what day is it right now? We did for Monday. Uh, do uh, actually, I guess for Tuesday. <laughs> do recorded Monday. Uh, I know. When, the curtain what back. day is it now? When do we record? Um, we, we did a very long conversation uh, about the schedule. So if you want more in depth, make sure you go and listen to that one. Uh, I'll give you quick bullet points though, because we also have a slight update on that because Bud Black has had a chance to respond to it, which is only slightly more important and interesting than the two of us responding to it. Uh, here I think were the, the quick bullet points, that on paper the schedule looks very difficult, that in terms of home road and particular divisional opponents, the Rockies got a tough draw you know, by having more games on the road at the Dodgers, by having several more games on the road against the Diamondbacks, but, but the Rockies played better in Arizona than they do in San Diego and San Francisco, so that worked out. And the big thing really is building up in that first stretch, really in their first half. That's when their easiest opponents are. That's also when they have the most off days. In the second half, it's an absolute grind. At one point, they only have one off day in 39 days. Uh, and that's when all the games against the Dodgers and, um, you know, it sort of gets kicked off with, as Patrick mentioned, a really weird segment of schedule where they've got to play two games in 24 hours twice. Yes, in a row too. Monday yeah. through Monday through Tuesday, you got like a, a seven o'clock game and a one o'clock day game. You're flying back to Colorado, seven o'clock, one o'clock, and then you're flying out to L.A. It's it's unnecessary to say around and so it was very rhythmic and you got me going, but it's uh yeah, and so 
The other things that, uh, as I said, Bud Black did have an opportunity to respond to the schedule today, and he reinforced a couple of things we had speculated on. One I was really honed in on. He said they might only need four starting pitchers in the early going, that this might change the way they build their roster early on, that they can carry an extra stick, like maybe a Matt Kemp or somebody like that, a bubble guy. You're not sure what they're going to give you. You might want to try him out in that DH spot or maybe as a uh, pinch hitter, a matchup against a tough lefty who comes in later in the game, whatever it may be. And so, uh, yeah, that was his kind of initial takeaway was that those off days early do give them the opportunity to only have to use their top four guys. Though he did also say uh, they could use they could just go right to the five-man rotation and give the guys a little extra rest early on knowing that they've got this gauntlet to finish things out. Yeah, the weird thing if they were to go to a five-man rotation is that whoever gets the ball on opening day, and that's a, that's a topic for, for another day, is it Marquez or is it John Gray? But if you go to a five-man rotation because of those two random off days in the early going there, that number one starter wouldn't go again until exactly one week later at the home opener against the Padres. So... You know, maybe you don't want there to be that much time involved in that, but, um, you know, it, it, it could give you an opportunity with a four-man rotation to see that guy, to see John Gray or Marquez, you know, that twice in that first week rather than having to wait. Um, and, again, if, if you're going to have those, you know, if you go to a five-man rotation right away, it doesn't seem like much. It might seem like one extra start that you're giving to the number you know, five starter over the course of that 60-game season, it could really end up being more than that in a sense because you know, when it gets to September, uh, guys are ultimately going to be in that real-life midseason form, and John Gray and or Marquez or Kyle Freeland or Chichi Gonzalez, if he can get it together, sure. those, those some, you know, kind of more veteran young players, they say, I, I want three days rest. And now, the final week of the season, when you're on the road in San Francisco and Arizona, now you're saying, we're going to the big dogs, and we're skipping the five number five starter. Oh. So that right there means that's two or three starts that you're not getting from really that, that odd man out. So uh, I loved hearing Buddy say that, like, hey, you know, four might be the way to go in the early going. Five and six is going to keep them fresher, but four, that's aggressive, and that's not a bad thing. The one yeah. thing you like to see in, in, in a Colorado baseball team is aggression. Yeah, Ruthless especially aggression, I might even say. <laughs> Two words. Um, uh. and, yeah, and, and again, as we broke it down, you know, with the beginning of the season being so important, with that part of the schedule being so important and, and there being less time for any amount of running out of gas to catch up with them, uh, you know, I think that that may be the way to go, but it, it's going to be interesting either way. Bud Black did refer to August as a tester. That was, that was sort of his big line there. And um, the other thing that he said that just is another reminder of how day-to-day -day all of this was is, you know, we've been thinking about different use of bullpens. Uh, are there going to need to be more long relievers? We've talked a lot about Chi-Chi Gonzalez and Jeff Hoffman in particular already. And, and Bud Black basically said this uh, this morning. He says, you know, Game one is going to dictate how we use our bullpen. You know, he said, we're going to name our, our opening day starter here in the next couple of days. And on the 24th in Texas, that guy's going to go out and pitch. And he's either going to go two innings or five innings or maybe six if he's, you know, been really efficient, six or seven of it. And that's going to determine what we <laughs> basically have available. And from there... You know, it's all, uh, yeah, so, like, even, and obviously that's always the case, but it's much more so now because opening day, a starter like Marquez goes out there and gives up four runs in the first two innings, and it's clear he just doesn't have it. You're going to leave him in. You're going to let him wear it. You're going to let him work out of it. You're going to tell him it's a 162-game season, kid. Get yourself together. You're going to have these moments, and you're going to need to learn how to fight through them. We only got 60 of these things. You give up four runs in two innings. It's Jeff Hoffman time, baby. Yeah, and you could even be approaching 100 pitches, which is something that 
we might I not haven't. see in in this entire season for a Rockies pitcher. You might you, you hope you see it. Obviously, that means a guy's going deep into a game. Um, but at least in the early going, you know, I don't think anyone's going to be approaching that 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 hundred pitch mark. But as as Buddy said, you know, you're gonna have a guy going out pitching five, maybe six innings. All of those things. You know what that sounds an awful lot like, Drew? That's baseball. That's baseball. <laughs> oh, That's baseball. Oh. Oh, how I've missed it. I've missed it. I don't think we got a that space ball today. Maybe that's more of an in-person thing. See, he's not even 35 in. minutes and not a single that's baseball out of Even butt Buddy is not in mid-season form. Like, that's it, an obvious opportunity right there. I think he, yeah, and I, we're not going to really be able to sit across from him, even if it's seven feet uh, or more. Um, but I, I have a feeling if we did, if we were, be, were uh, able to do that, I think he would go. Oh man, I got to go back to my my tried and trues. I got to hit the, hit him with the greatest hits. You can't see our faces during these. Are just our names pop up on the screen, and so he's responding. But he we can't. Need to he also him. can't. He can't see our collective reaction. I yeah. think. I think yeah. he likes playing on that collective reaction, and that's. We're gonna I mean. have to remind him tomorrow to go back to his greatest hits, and yeah. then I think. You know, he'll he'll start hitting those, knowing like, yeah, bud, we we love those things. Like it's it's fun. It, Raise it, my it hand to get in there up. on the Zoom now, buddy. You did thirty five minutes yesterday, and I just wanted to ask you why no, that's baseball. I didn't I didn't catch a single one. You you batted zero. You threw zero. That's baseballs at us. Well, you hit him from a different angle and say, hey, you know, my re- the reception that I had wasn't great. It sounded like you were talking about you know football and like. I was like, wait, what? A goalkeeper? Hey, that's soccer. And wait, what? A hockey puck? That's hockey. Correct me. Am I wrong? Like, what did I miss yesterday? <laughs> See if I can just leave really, him and do it. Really get a him. A real alley-oop. Uh, and it's like, we'll give him the little small mini trampoline so he can just go and just if, Yeah, because if, yeah, if, he, if he looks at that strike down the middle, then you got to wonder, you know, <laughs> what, what even is going on out there. Hey, question from Lights Up Alex. Do you honestly think that they're going to be able to let some fans in the stadiums. Nope. <laughs> I do not. Uh, I do not. Think yeah, Drew, so that's where we uh, agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, no, there's going to be no fans. Uh, there's really no reason to do that right now. Um, I don't know how that even happens in a, in a safe way. And, yeah, it's, it's, un, it's unfortunate, especially uh, – um, if you're, you know, you're chomping at the bit and you were a season ticket holder and you know, you're going to have first dibs if they're only allowed to have like 3000 people in the ballpark, you know, that, that sucks. But, um, again, it's man, uh, it, it just has to be done in a hermetically sealed, uh, location like, like Coors Field. And, you know, because it opens up, you know, a can of worms where there's a foul ball and there's only 10 people in the section. Well, what, if they're both going at it, now they're getting close to one another sure. and there's yeah. liability forms, which we actually have to sign when we go into the ballpark, yeah. you know. So it, uh, it, it really opens up a, a can of worms, you know. Yeah. It, it really does. If I was a betting man, I would say no fans in stadiums this year, no matter how hard MLB tries to make it happen or, or tries to get people to believe that it, that it could happen. And if and you... And that's yeah, not even and, and for take a second, sorry. Uh, and, and that's not, and, <laughs> and, and honestly, it's not even entirely about fan safety. It's about player safety. Right, right. That's what it comes down to. Because for every, you know, twenty five people in the ballpark, you're gonna need an usher. So now you're talking about usher safety and all of these things. And what if somebody decides Man, I can just run down on the field and do some crazy things. Yeah, we get it. Oh well that guy's gonna get arrested. It, we're not. We we understand the rules of society and the punishments for those things, but what is not fair is players or ushers or people who work at Coors Field being punished because someone went to the ballpark who didn't, you know, feel right, or maybe they didn't realize they had contracted COVID nineteen, and then it gets spread, and then it goes to the players, and again, we've got no season. So the bottom line is to have games and to have even a shortened 60-game season, you need to minimize and reduce all you know, outside interaction, and that just means no fans, yeah. period. Yeah. yeah, that's how it's got to be. That is, that is the way of it. So, as I was saying, don't bet on it. What you do want to bet on are the games. Not being at the games, not going to the games, 
But the games, the players in the games, doing stuff in the games, you know about the games, you're here listening to this podcast. You've been listening to a baseball podcast for 10 months without any baseball games. You are prepared, okay? You are, Don't just waste that knowledge by being, you know, the envy of all of your friends at the gatherings we're no longer having because we're all being safe and socially distant. On all of your Zoom meetings, do, doing the, the Zoom cocktails, and you know all the stuff about the Rockies, that's great. But if you want to make a little money on it, you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and get a little bit of skin in the game. Sports are always a little bit more fun. You throw down a couple of bucks. If you listen to the DNVR Bet Show or, you know, potentially this show, if you enjoy it, you can learn a lot about these things. You can get some good advice. You can fatten up that wallet a little bit or just create that much more entertainment out of a three-hour stretch in your life. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up on the DraftKings Sportsbook app because you will get a bonus of up to a thousand bucks. And you know you can trust them because their funds are safe and secure. It's all located right here in the United States, not some weird offshore operation. You can deposit and withdraw at your own convenience. There are all kinds of special offers and bonuses that are being offered, especially if you're betting semi-regularly. They'll hit you up with just free bet money to throw at another thing you think you might be interested in some of these long odds bets you throw down a free 15 bucks on something you can win some real money you know you can win decent grocery money with that kind of thing so again download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app and use code dnvr when you sign up for a limited time new users can get a sign up bonus of up to a thousand bucks you must be 21 or older colorado only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match each up to 500 bucks. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. And also, Patrick, yes. we got we, we to gotta help people out most specifically. Because we're not just telling you, hey, 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 go download this thing, check it out. Maybe you can win some money. We're not going to send you off into the world like that. So we're not going to do you like that. Mm-hmm. We're going to help you out a little. We're going to give you some specific advice. What have you got for the people? All right. Patrick's pick this week, guaranteed jackpot. Now, so. when you go on DraftKings and you look at MLB, you've got a lot of different things you could wager on. And right now, the player futures are where you want to be looking at. So last week we, we looked at who's going to lead the league in saves and the payout for that. Well, right here in your home state, right there in Lodo, is uh, a couple of players who score a lot of runs. That's what Coors Field is known for even still with the Humidor. And so right now my pick of the week is going to be the runs leader in all of MLB. That's Trevor Story. Currently mm-hmm. right now he's about 17th on that list. Now, last year, he was only one run behind Charlie Blackman uh, as far as total runs scored. And with Story, again, batting second or batting third, man, he's going to be driven home that many more times, coupled with the fact that you got the designated hitter now in the National League. That only enhances the probability someone from the NL is going to jump up and take that. So put your money on Trevor's Story. $100 bet is going to pay out three thousand dollars you heard that right trevor's story your guy from your team is the pick of the week for runs leader in 2020 i like that too because i think charlie blackman's gonna bat less leadoff i think he'll still bat leadoff some but i think he's gonna bat in the middle of the order here and there with guys like doll and tapia taking their swings at the leadoff spot um and so i think story's gonna slide in there at second naturally at times and at third naturally at times with Arenado and Blackman right behind him. That's a that's a good way to, to score some runs. Um, I think you and I are both also of the opinion that Story is going to, um, you know, all things otherwise normal, continue, like really start reaching his peak here. If he can lay off, he knows what he needs to start doing at the plate to lay off of that 3-2 slider away from him. That means more walks. That means more getting on base. That means more opportunities for him to use his speed, whether that means taking second or just on a ball in the gap at Coors Field from either Nolan Arenado or Charlie Blackman, which happens sometimes. Trevor Story can score from first base after taking a walk. 
if he can take those walks, I, I, that's a great pick. That's a great value choice, too. Yeah, he had a career-high 111 runs last season. And again, that's because of where he was batting in the order. And outside of a 15-day DL stint, you know, it, it, it uh, reduced the amount of games he played. He was only at 147 when, you know, the previous season, you know, he was much higher looking to, to try to play the whole season. He played 157 in 2018. So no. he wants to be there day in and day out, and he's going to be at the top of a lineup that now has a designated hitter and, and now has a guy who drives in runs like Charlie Blackman hitting behind him rather than a younger guy like David Dahl who hasn't proved himself to be a guy who drives in runs. So you flip those two now, that just means Story is going to be moving that much more around those bases and touching home plate at home at Coors Field. That's, that's the pick of the week. That's a lock. There you go. A guy Chris Hill is already – Bet it with his parlay winnings. So there you go. There you go. Feeling great about it. <clears throat> I did want to wrap up with a few thoughts on the roster. Uh, Bud Black was asked uh, a few questions about the taxi squad, the satellite team, the satellite group, uh, if you're not quite familiar with what all of that is. So there's a 30-man active roster this year, and it's going to get smaller as we go throughout the season. There's an extra three players that are referred to, Bud Black's calling them the taxi squad. I don't know if there's an official name. That's what he's calling the taxi squad, those three guys. They're not on the active roster. Uh, they're basically there so that if in the middle of the night, somebody uh, tests positive and they show up for a day game the next day, uh, you can't be here. Uh, so whoever's at the satellite group here in Colorado, if they're out on the road, they can't get there in time. So one of those three players would step in to do that job. Um, given today's circumstances, it's obvious why you would need those three guys, right? And it sounds like some... Uh, now, this was where it was kind of funny because Bud Black wasn't 100% clear on the rules that govern this taxi squad, so I feel good not also being 100% clear. But it sounded like, you know, roster moves will will need to be made uh you know you, you take a guy from the satellite group you you add them to the taxi squad if someone comes off they go on the injured list if they're sick um then someone from the taxi squad comes onto the active roster you fill their spot with someone from the satellite group which you know is the sort of 60 man roster so the, the guys after the 33 top who will be available and these guys just sort of travel around with the team and hang out in case they're needed for sure, it, it's it's kind of an extra step where normally we had the 40-man roster and the 25-man active roster, and when someone from the 25-man goes away, someone on the 40 will typically be the one who jumps on. Now there's kind of an in-between stage, as you said, Drew. There's a good explanation about this taxi squad so that you can say, all right, well, you're we don't need you on the, on the, the main team yet, on the, the 26 or 28 or 30-man roster. Uh, again, all these numbers are really, it's going, it sounds like a Scott Steiner promo if you're doing all the math and all this. <laughs> I'm uh, half as smart as you. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but but it will be interesting to see how that's used. One of the players that's on the taxi squad has to be a catcher. Right. So, again, that's that's one of those things where you only carry two, most likely, on a roster. Uh, if you carry three, great. But if you're only carrying two and one of those guys goes, now you're at a major disadvantage. So they'll have one catcher, and then after that, do as you will, right? So you can, can be two pitchers, two hitters, or one of each. So, you know, that'll be essentially that's that's their uh, parachute, right? Or that's their safety net. If, like you said, Drew, if, if someone is, is going down uh, and is unable to play, or even if there's an injury, it allows them to make that move right away and not, you know, put somebody on, um, you know, a, a regular flight, right? They're not going to be able to charter guys from Albuquerque, to you know Seattle if they're playing the Mariners up there right that that's right. just not really a, a feasibility also it's on the dangerous side too right, right. so it, it gives them that flexibility to do that and because the first two weeks are going to be with a 30-man uh, roster you know those three guys that we see on the taxi squad we might not really hear about them again after the first two weeks because right. then it goes down to 28 guys and that basically means two guys move on to the taxi squad, not the catcher, right? And those two guys on the taxi squad go back. 
Um, but it, it's just really good insurance, ultimately. And uh, and I think it'll be cool for all baseball fans, but particularly Rockies fans, to maybe to get to know some of those guys that are on the outside looking in, you know, before Yancy Almonte makes his debut in, in 2018. Same thing for, for Brendan Rodgers. He, he was obviously a lot more notable. But you think, you know, is he close to being ready? You know, if you have a taxi squad and you hear, whoa, Ryan Rollison is added to the taxi squad, you go, he's a lot readier as far as the Rockies are concerned than, than we thought. So, right. okay, wow, this guy really is getting close. So um, that will be one of the exciting features you know, to see throughout this abbreviated 2020 season. Yeah, I think that'll be a, a preview of the conversation that we'll probably not have tomorrow because tomorrow we're going to be doing some DFA show, some fun stuff. Those of you who've been along for the ride with us on the Wednesday know we're doing trivia, we're playing fun games, we're getting even more and more involved with that. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. We'll reach out to some of you. Let us know if you want to come on, do some trivia, hit us up on the Discord, uh, so forth. Thursday, I think, because we have got to go here now in just a bit to a Zoom conference call with Rockies hitting coach Dave Maginan. And I think so. So we're going to be talking hitting uh, and we're going to have a lot to talk about. We'll have a lot to report, hopefully, out of that conversation. Uh, we'll give you some notes tomorrow, but probably dive into that on Thursday, along with what Patrick has basically opened up here is as I look at it, you know, I was open to maybe dive into this today. We're going to do it on Thursday where we can really dive in. There are these uh, seven spots as it is right now, seven guys who were not going to be on the big league roster under normal circumstances because there's, there's 26 man roster is what you're going to have. Well, now four more because we're up to 30. So four guys who weren't going to make the 26 are going to be there and then three players on a taxi squad who are going to be vital members of this baseball team. And we are going to be able to, in the next couple of days, and hopefully you know, really in depth on Thursday, start to dive into who those players can be, uh, why they should go with certain guys, uh, you know, what that catcher rule means for a player like Dom Nunez, who maybe was borderline to make the roster, but makes a bit more sense on the taxi squad. All of these things, I, I think there's going to be a ton of conversations that come out of what do you do with those extra seven guys. Um, and the Rockies have an interesting group of probably 10 to 15 players vying for those seven spots. Yeah, th those are where you're going to see those, you know, position battles, so to speak. You know, it's not a, a position per se, you know, for we're talking about the first super utility guy off the bench. Well, it could just be a matchup thing, but it's you've a position, got... isn't it? <laughs> it is, sure. Uh, not in the traditional sense, but you're right, it is. I, I don't know that I am right. <laughs> <laughs> a position on the bench even too, like hey, yeah, I'd hey, rather this is, this is be on I the sit, bench. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather be on the bench. Um, on a major league team than to be, you know, frankly stuck in Albuquerque, right? Yeah. So you want those opportunities. So it's like, okay, Chris Owings and Garrett Hampson, they both can do these same things for the most part. You know, who's going to be the one that, that gets that opportunity first? And if we're talking about a fourth or fifth outfielder, you know, who's going to, you know, really separate themselves? Again, that is that Hampson or is that Jonathan Daza? Who's going to get that opportunity? So those are all, you know, the different things we got to look into and, and trying to figure out what's going to happen with the bullpen because they're going to need extra innings. You know, even, you know, John Gray in that first start, he might look great, but can only go four innings. Right. And even if it's if it's going to be, you know, uh, Estevez in the seventh with Wade Davis as your setup man and Scott Ober closing out, all right, well, that still leaves the fifth and the sixth inning. So who, who are the guys that you're going to go to, right? Maybe you go Brian Shaw first, give them the opportunity as the veteran guy, or is it going to be a Tyler Kinley? You know, how healthy is Jose Mojica? Um, there's, there's a few guys that are on the outskirts there that, you know, could be really impactful because the two guys that were, you know, the most valuable in the bullpen last year, you know, excluding Scott Oberg, you know, who he is. He's Scott Oberg now. At this right. Point. Yeah. He's, he like, is, he's there. He's the guy now. <laughs> yeah. But we're, we're Carlos Estevez and Jairo Diaz, and you got nothing out of them in 2018. They almost came out of nowhere. 
Jairo yeah. Diaz even more so because he had taken a step away from the game at that point. So who are going to be the Estevez and Jairo Diaz in 2020? We don't know yet, but we are certainly going to speculate. We're going to we're going to you know dig our hands into the soil and we're going to try to figure it out for you here on DNVR Rockies. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun talking actual baseball, trying to theoretically build and rebuild this roster. As as you mentioned, we're going to have to do this a couple times throughout the season because it, it's going to change and it's going to be really weird. You know, especially if the team is playing well. Uh, and, and, you know, for a team like the Rockies, everyone's going to have to contribute it. So t- guys 29 and 30 on the roster, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they've done something to help. It's like, hey, sorry, we don't, rules change. We only have 28 now. you got to go to the taxi squad. There's going to be some tough decisions out there, but we're going we're gonna to dive into all of it. And you don't want to miss any of it, so make sure you're subscribed to the dnbr.com for all of those articles that you're following us on social media for all of our witty banter. <laughs> that you're uh, going to uh, the DNVR merch store online, or you can swing by the DNVR bar for very safe, socially distanced dining. We've got stuff taped off. We've got, uh, you know, and no one's going to touch your credit card. None of that stuff. Everything gets wiped off all the time. It's, frankly, there's, every time I've been in, plenty of space. It's not been crowded, which is fine. We're we don't want it to be. We want it to be a safe place for people to come, have a drink, have some nice food. You can pick up some merch. Uh, there's a chance you'll be able to say hello to me or Patrick. Uh, from, again, please, from a distance, wave from across the bar. We're more than happy to wave at you um, if you if you swing by. So other than that, just make sure that you're continuing to be absolutely awesome and that you are taking the Colorado Rockies challenge to see this thing as literally that a challenge to be the healthiest person to be the safest person because it's not we're still living our lives i'm still living mine nolan arenado and trevor's story are still living theirs they don't view the the taking of this seriously as mutually exclusive to that i think they're setting the the fine example so i think we should all accept the challenge to literally see it as a competition to be the healthiest that we can be during this time. Yeah, they're setting the bar high, and that's frankly what we need is, is leadership to do that, to, to get us all to really be on the same page and to care about one another by caring about our own safety, washing hands, hand sanitizer, and wearing a mask and socially distancing. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You can then still have all the freedoms you want. That's right. Well said. Well put. All right. Continue to do all of those things, and then you will be absolutely awesome out there. We will do all of those things and be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. 